0: Be turning to the 10th chapter of the book of John. John chapter 10. Where are we? I'm sorry. Okay. Miss pa- Her aunt Patty. Hey. I'm sorry. Hey. Peggy. Right. I knew those girls when they were very young. And those are the two girls, twins, that were born two weeks apart. No, I've got them wrong. I'm um, sorry. Shouldn't have got she into has, that. She has that two weeks okay. All Okay, right. Okey-doke. Well, I knew that was in that family, but let's remember her as well. Okay. John chapter 10 is the location of our study tonight. We invite everyone to read along with us. Let's begin in verse 1. This is from the New King James Version. <clears throat> Most assuredly, I say to you, he does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things of which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? That last verse ties this particular section with our last section, where Jesus had healed the blind man, and we have read and studied all of the things that arose because of that the division among the people, some saying this is a wonderful thing and others saying, well, he did it on the Sabbath day, therefore it's wrong. He shouldn't have done it on the Sabbath day. But there is a transition here that really is a continuation of the same problem that was going on in John chapter 9. And when you look at it, It is apparent that the problem was in the fact that many of the Jewish scribes and Pharisees and the rabbis were claiming to be spokesmen and teachers for God. And yet they were opposing the very Son of God Himself. Here were people who should have known from the Old Testament Scriptures that Jesus fulfilled all of those prophecies. Many years ago, we were studying in a class downstairs, and we had uh, a chart that showed all of the Old Testament prophecies about the coming Messiah and how Jesus fulfilled every one of those. So there should have been no question in their minds about who this man is and was, but Those people claim to be the leaders, the spiritual leaders of Israel. And when you go back into the Old Testament, and I would uh, particularly encourage you to read the 34th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. There's a lot said about the shepherds of the people in that day and how they had failed to fulfill their responsibilities in being true leaders and being interested in keeping Israel faithful instead of filling their pockets, basically. They were just defiling the law and the temple and everything else, you know. And they weren't serving as keepers of the flock. They were wanting to fleece the flock instead of being keepers and being protectors of them. And these people that were living in Jesus' day were supposed to be doing that same thing. You see, there had been a restoration of sorts. The exile had ended. The the Jewish people had come back to Palestine. And the temple had been rebuilt and all of that. And they were supposed to restore those things. But uh, instead of doing that, they fell farther and farther away. So they were not fulfilling their role. Jesus, when he says, I am the true shepherd, I am the good shepherd, is telling them that the true fulfillment of the shepherd imagery in the Old Testament has been fulfilled. Eh? Edward, I was listening to a, a guy the other day, and he brought out a point. Like in Romans 118, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodly and unrighteous men who suppress the truth mm. in unrighteousness. And he said the very thing that that tells you is that those that suppress the truth must know the truth yeah. to suppress it. And that's what the that's Pharisees good. knew the truth. Yeah. They were suppressing it for their own means and everything. That's right. And it's still today, it was then, and it's it's always. (laughs) That is a good point. If they're suppressing it, they know what it is. (laughs) That is an excellent point. But Jesus uses here a parable, it's called in the King James Version, it's called an illustration uh, in the New King James. But uh, some commentators point out that it is really sort of an allegory. And uh, there's a shade of difference between all of them. But really, I think the word illustration is a good word for us because we use it regularly in our lives today. Illustrate that for me. Or Here's a good illustration of whatever. And we understand that you're laying a parable is when you lay something down beside one another and show the similarities and draw lessons from those similarities. But always remember that not every detail in a parable or an allegory has to fit uh, into some particular hole or something. There's some things, and we'll see some of that, in, for example, the doorkeeper here, Brother Woods mentions that there have been a lot of people who have had a lot of different views on who the doorkeeper is, who opens the door, you know. And uh, he said, when all is said and done, it's mere speculation. Some say it's uh, like maybe Abraham or uh, Jacob or John the Baptist, uh, the Holy Spirit, Uh, God the Father. He said, of all of those, God the Father would be the most likely. But he said, really, it's not necessary to try to find or to fit everything into a particular place. But uh, the major point is that Jesus is the good shepherd. Most of us, I don't know how many of you have... uh, been around sheep. I've mentioned before that uh, I've been around them uh, somewhat growing up. Daddy had sheep when I was a small boy. And uh, we uh, would shear them and take care of them, feed them, and all that. And uh, what I know, little I know about them personally, came from those experiences. But uh, Brother Woods talks about in his commentary on John... Uh, a traveler that went to the Bible lands, and here is an account that he wrote. And he said, "I saw this several times. It was something that I saw played out." Now I'm reading from uh, his commentary on page 204. "Quote: The shepherds lead their flocks forth from the gates of the city." They were in full view, and we watched and listened to them with no little interest. Thousands of sheep and goats were there in dense, confused masses. The shepherds stood together until all came out. Then they separated, each shepherd taking a different path and uttering as he advanced a shrill, peculiar call. The sheep heard them. At first, the masses swayed and moved as as if shaken with some internal convulsion. Then points struck out in the direction taken by the shepherds. These became longer and longer until the confused masses were resolved into long living streams flowing after their leaders. End of quote. Now that's a description, an eyewitness description of something like Jesus is talking about happening. He also quotes from a Dr. Thomason that wrote The Land and the Book. And uh, here is a quote from him as he made his observation about uh, the sheep and the Holy Land. He said, quote, they are so tame and so trained that they follow their keeper with the utmost docility, a docile animal. He leads them forth from the fold or from their houses in the village just where he pleases. As there are many flocks in such a place as this, each one takes a different path and it is his business to find pasture for them. It is necessary, therefore, that they should be taught to follow and not to stray away into the unfenced fields of corn which lie so temptingly on either side. Anyone that thus wonders is sure to get into trouble. The shepherd calls sharply from time to time to remind them of his presence. They know his voice and follow on. But if a stranger calls, they stop short lift up their heads in alarm, and if it is repeated, they turn and flee because they know not the voice of a stranger. This is not the fanciful costume of a parable. It is simple fact. I have made the experiment repeatedly. End of quote. Those are reports of that help us to visualize what Jesus is here talking about and describing. He says, I am the good shepherd. What do shepherds do? Lead the flock. They lead. They feed. They protect. What else? That about sums it up. They We would call it tending the flock. Tend to the sheep. You tend to a herd of cattle. Whatever. They take care of them. But they lead, they feed, they protect or defend the sheep. That's their responsibility. There's a lot said about shepherds. Who are some of the more prominent shepherds other than Jesus being the good shepherd? Bible characters that you remember. David, you immediately think of him, don't you? Who else? I'm sorry? Abraham. He had... He had sheep, many herds. Have you ever read the book of Job and how many uh, sheep Job had? He a lot <laughs> I believe he had a, what, 14,000 when it was all said and done? And I believe I noted that Solomon offered uh, at the dedication of the temple thousands of sheep. I've forgotten the exact number. Yep. Moses was a shepherd too, wasn't he? He learned something about leading Israel by tending those sheep out there in the wilderness. And I wonder which one he thought was easier. <laughs> yeah, remember? He was very concerned about the things that the people did from time to time. Uh, I'm surprised nobody mentioned the first shepherd, Abel. Abel was the first shepherd. He was he was a keeper of sheep. So, uh it's it's interesting to take your concordance, good study Bible. If you have a good study Bible, you can turn to the concordance in it and find a lot of passages. And it's interesting to study about sheep. Um uh, Jesus, as the shepherd, is described as the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the great shepherd, the one shepherd, the gentle shepherd, and the great divider. The true shepherd. He's the true shepherd, that's right. He is called, I believe, both good and true in the context that we read a few moments ago, depending upon the uh, version that you have. There are some things that uh, I ran across... <clears throat> in in preparation for this that I thought were interesting. and Somebody came up with this little bit of information that I think would be good for all of us. Have you ever wondered why God compares His people to sheep? Do you know any reasons why you do that? Barbara said, because we act like them. Barry said, because they're dumb and helpless. There's trying to sway us, they, people of the world, like That's right. I used this illustration many years ago, but I ran across it again and looking up some things about sheep. Uh, I've forgotten the place. Bleat was in Iran. There were 14, 1,400 sheep that uh, were in a particular flock. And for some reason or other, they started over a steep incline and uh, began to fall over a cliff. And 400 fell over. And the rest of them fell over too, but it killed the 400, the first 400. But the rest of them survived because, because they landed on top of the 400. And, uh, but they just kept following. They kept following. And sheep does have that tendency. Uh the first thing that was pointed out was sheep have no sense of direction. Now, some people would say they are dumb. Uh, this writer used stupid. But he said it's better to say they just have no sense of direction at all because they follow, who, uh, follow whoever is leading them, even if it leads off that cliff. And he goes on to talk about that and mentions uh, that very illustration that we used Uh, a long time ago. And he mentions another uh, thing that happened. One farmer said that if you have a bunch of sheep in a barn, stretch a rope across the door before you let them out. When the sheep come out of the barn, the first few will jump that rope. If you cut the rope, the remaining sheep will still jump over the rope, even though it's not there, because that's what the rest of the flock did. Now, you think, well, you know, that is that is just crazy. But how many times do people act like that? Quite a lot, don't we? I mean, we are imitators of other people. We see somebody do something, and, and lo and behold, we end up doing the same thing. And even though... What that other pers- person does is going to cause so much hurt and pain and possibly even death. There are a lot of other people who never learn from that. They'll follow in that fellow's or that person's better said, it could be a man or a woman, uh, footsteps, and the result will be the same. You sure can't. You cannot. It's very difficult to drive sheep, if not altogether impossible. You can lead them. You know, that works pretty good with just about anything on the farm, doesn't it, Jerry? If you can feed your cattle regularly and get them addicted to a certain type feed, most of the time you can get them in. But now Jerry used to tell me that there would always be one that decides I'm not going that route. I'm not going in there. Cattle will do that sometimes, but sheep will not. They will follow. They will follow. Listen to this statement from Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. Now how correct is that? It's, it's very correct, isn't it? Because we do stray. And we follow the examples of other people. Sheep are also defenseless. They really cannot defend themselves very well. Have you ever heard a sheep growl or bare their teeth or see their wool stand up on the back of their neck? They don't have any of those tendencies or capabilities. Uh, they don't pull out their claws or like a porcupine, shoot their quills out. They just don't do that. Now, they do have a couple of things. Um, That they can do. They will run if they sense danger. They will run. Uh, Do you know that sheep uh, do not like running water? It terrifies them. Rushing water that makes noise? It is said they will run from that. Now, I've never seen that myself. But what does that make you think of? Psalm 23, he leads me beside... Still water. That's a picture of peace and tranquility and serenity. Now, people are not smart enough to not drive through water. True. Water now, another thing that sheep can do is kick. I remember that from the few times that I helped shear the sheep. They can kick you. And it is said that a mother sheep especially will kick to defend her little ones. That is one of the defense techniques that they have. But uh, when uh, Jesus saw the crowds, we're told in Matthew nine thirty six, He had compassion on them because they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So that's another point. Sheep are defenseless. Also, we'll get another one or two in before the bell rings, I believe. Sheep also can't uh, get along without help. Now, if you turn a sheep up on its back with its legs up in the air, it cannot get up. And it's, it's, that position is called, uh, we've seen, uh, read this in other places in the Bible, about being cast down, cast down and helpless. Now, a cow can't get up either, is right? If they're turned downhill and get their feet up in the air, you and Jerry, help me out. I've I've had a couple to die on the farm over the years. Uh, one cow was just fine, grazing and everything. Mister Dixon had seen her, and and we found her probably two or three hours later. She had fallen off a bank and landed on her back, and she could not get up, and she died right there. We found her already dead. Feet are uphill a little bit. They can't, they can't roll enough their weight over their feet. They can't roll all the way over. Yeah. I've had lots of times get it and roll them roll over so their feet yeah. on the other side. So that they can get yeah, up if you find they, them, if you can roll them over, they can get up. Now, a horse or a mule on the other end can do what? <laughs> they can roll all the way over. <laughs> I've seen our mules do that. But the sheep can't get up without help. We need help too, don't we? Uh, we'll be cast down sometimes and uh, we we find this statement in Isaiah 40 verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Isn't that a beautiful and picturesque statement? That's truly a picture of the good shepherd. Sheep are said to be emotional too and to be able to recognize the shepherd's voice as we uh, illustrated tonight in doing these things. They also can detect strangers. So when God talks about His people being sheep, how many times are we warned about false teachers and about those who teach str- strange doctrines? We ought to be able to recognize those. Because the Good Shepherd has revealed to us who those people are. But uh, since sheep are emotional, they have the ability to build relationships with other sheep. And we as Christians have the ability to do that. Think how many times during our lifetimes that uh, when a problem arises, maybe a death, a sickness, so many things that can happen to us as Christians there are people who will respond because they have emotions too and they can assist us and we can assist them uh, in those times. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, Jesus says in John 10 verse 27. Well, there are two or three other things too. Uh, Sheep really weren't made to carry burdens. Donkeys did that. Camels do that. But sheep are not a burden-bearing beast. We're told to cast our burdens upon whom? On the Lord. He'll help us carry them. And I think that is an interesting... And sheep are very valuable. We'll probably have occasion to talk more about all of the things that the sheep provide. But we want to... Come back next week and concentrate on Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Thank you for your attention and your input in the class.